Well, today we are continuing uh, this series, sermons, uh, ser- series of sermons that we've entitled Faith Stories. We've heard a number of stories of faith, just kind of uh, people's journeys with God. And today we're going to have another interview. We were supposed to interview Steve Main, but that is going to be delayed. He had some mixed results on testing this week, so we had to call an audible. So, Fortunately, uh, Bob Wright has agreed to uh, go ahead and share his story today, so I'm going to go ahead and call Bob up. Come on up, Bob. And uh, I think most of you know Bob. Uh, As I was thinking about how I would introduce Bob, I thought of asking him what he's done in the church, how he's been involved. And I thought maybe it would be better, question would be, what haven't you done in the church? Because he's been involved in so many ways. Uh, He's just currently coming on the Board of Trustees for a three-year term, and so we're excited about that. Just want to remind us, why are we doing this series? Uh, Faith stories are so important, and I think there's a verse, um, 1 Peter 3, 5, which says this. It says, In your hearts revere Christ as Lord, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do it gently and with respect. In other words, if anybody ever asks you, why do you live this Christian life? Why are you living this life that is somewhat very different than um, the way most people live lives today? You should have a reason for your hope, and you should be able to tell them what God has done in your life. And so that's one of the reasons we're doing this. As you hear uh, Bob's story today, think about your own story. I'm sure you'll have some connection points. Um, Also, here's what I'm learning. As I have met with these people, Bob and I and Don actually met this week, and I uh, met with Bob for him to tell me his story, I felt my love for Bob uh, growing. And uh, I already love Bob. He's a great guy. But as we understand each other as brothers and sisters in Christ, and as we hear our stories, I think we have more empathy and uh, our love grows, as well as our own faith. So that's why we're doing this series of sermons. So Bob, like I said uh, earlier, you've done just about everything in the church, Um, but what I think about mostly with you and your ministry in this church is your gift of hospitality. Um, Bob, last year spearheaded the life group meals before life groups, uh, along with the loaves and fishes, and is a wonderful cook, so you bring a great uh, gift. But more than that, it's this gift of loving people and welcoming people. So let's begin by, you know, can you tell me when you first became aware of God's presence in your life, or first began uh, to to think that there was a God? Well, my family life was such that my father died when I was five. My mother shortly thereafter went to work for our local cathedral, Episcopal Cathedral in Topeka, Kansas. And um, church secretary, as you know, they run the church. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but... uh, but, uh, but they also, she, she also instilled on me, in me, um, that sense that uh, God is 
always with us, is important to be in their life, and so you need to learn as much you can about God. So as, as from five years old, um, I don't remember a whole lot about family life, but I remember a whole lot about the church life because the two priests in our church were my, quote, fathers. They taught me how to drive. They taught me how to fish. Uh, and most importantly, they taught me about Jesus. Yeah. And they were great uh, examples to you, weren't they? And uh, how to live the Christian life. What, did, what do you think you picked up from them? Absolutely, they yeah. were. Um, they were they were kind, loving, caring people, and from that early age, I said, "Hey, I want to emulate them." And so I chose from from being a, a early teenager. That's what I wanted to do. So I thought I would be a minister, an Episcopal priest. Yeah, and then. Um... Then what happened? You, you, you went, <laughs> obviously, you're not a priest. <laughs> Whoa. Um, just a little background. I, you know, I, I went to church every Sunday, uh, youth group every Wednesday, uh, served as an acolyte. So most Sundays, um, I was up, uh, you know, serving the church. My first job uh, or job was uh, janitor. So I did a, 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 the janitorial service for the summer uh, at, at our cathedral. Um, and I, it, all through that age, through, through high school and, and into college, I went to um, a, a Methodist school, University of the Pacific in Stockton. Um, and, and that school uh, had Old Testament, required, New Testament required. You had to sing in the choir that we uh, met on Sunday morning um, for, for every time. I worked in a youth group and, and, and that in, in, in church. I was on the path and, and thought that's, that's my chosen. And I chose it because of the type of people that really raised me. Yeah, and just, I, it seems to me really warm memories of church and, and being part of a church body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which I think often, uh, what we learn in Sunday school is so important, uh, obviously, but I think even more important are the memories that we have and the warmth that we can feel when we look back on our, our time in a church. Um, so I can see why you were motivated to become yeah. uh, a priest. And so you were pre-ministerial major at UOP and kind of came to the end of your college years, um, met Judy. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just have to say, Judy and Bob are such a team, aren't they? It's almost hard to separate uh, one from the other, a real example of a, of a great marriage. But uh, what happened then? Why, why did you decide not to follow that path? Well, I don't know, I think God was, was always with me, always listening to me. But at some point, um, let me back up just a little bit. I, I took my junior year in college abroad. I went over to Denmark to study. 
Um, and even then, uh, I had to write a, a, a thesis, and it was on a uh, Danish Christian movement in the late 1800s. So I interviewed uh, ministers there and, and, and completed that. Um, but it always stuck in the back of my mind what my main mentor told me was um, the, the ministry is a, is a very wonderful and honorable uh, profession, uh, but if you have any doubts, any doubts about going into that, try something else. And so I started, and, and after that year in Denmark, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really anything, but I just started having, do I really want to do this? Is there another calling? Um, and so I came back, um, and uh, Judy and I were, uh, at that time, pinned or in, engaged. Um, uh, we finished uh, university. We got married. Um, and I still, you know, had, had that doubt. Yeah. And so I took the second part of what he said, though, you may have that doubt, don't do it. But if that doubt goes away or something changes, you'll come back to it. And so I said, that's, that's pretty good. I thought that was, that was very good advice, and, and I'll, I'll do that. Um, the, the draft was coming. This was in the early 60s. The draft was coming. I, I was pretty sure I was um, uh, going to be, I knew I was going to be drafted. I got the notice. Yeah. And I said, I, I uh, want to serve my country. And so I joined the Marine Corps. Um, little story I told my kids uh, is uh, uh, Judy's father was a Marine, a career Marine. And he told, he said, when I asked him if I could marry his daughter, he says, yes, you can, but there's one stipulation. Uh, you got to join the Marine Corps. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I really wanted her, so I did. <laughs> so, Bob, uh, obviously, um, joining the Marines, being part of an artillery group uh, from 69 or 67 to 69, you were in Vietnam, which were probably the toughest year, or the, the height yeah. of American yeah. involvement, the Tet Offensive was in 1968. So you walked into a pretty intense time yeah. uh, for the Viet Vietnam War. That must have been a really profound experience, obviously. So can you, can you just share a little bit? Well, and, and let me just say this. Thank you for your service thank you. to our country. Um, Share a little bit about how that experience shaped you and, and about your relationship with, with God during that time. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It, and it really did. I mean, I, I felt that I was doing what I was asked to do. Um, not everybody there, obviously, really believed in um, the war we were in, but almost all the Marines I served with believed in our country and thought we would we were there to to do what we were told to do um 
we, uh, I was there for 13 months um, out with the infantry in some fairly heavy um, um, combat, um, but we every, at least once a month, we had a chaplain that would come out wherever we were and would hold a service. That was very meaningful, not just to me, but to most of my fellow Marines. So we knew that God was with us. Um, and it's not that we ask him to keep us safe and, and that. We just, we, we just knew that we would be um, cared for and loved by our loving God. So we did go to church. I mean, we church on a hill, church in a foxhole. Uh, and it was very mean, meaningful. Um, but there's still that doubt that was in the back of my mind when I, when I came back. And, and so uh, I did not seek to go on that ministry path. I sought to do something else. Can I push you just a little bit on sure. your, your war experience? Um, how did it, how was your relationship with God during that time? I mean, I, obviously, pretty scary. Uh, not knowing what was going to happen from minute to minute, right? And you saw a lot of your friends die. Um, I guess I guess it seems like in those times where we're, we've kind of come to the end of our rope, and in war, I think we know that <laughs> sometimes there's nothing we can do uh, to protect ourselves. So we're our relationship with God, I think, uh, changes a little bit. Would, would you say that's true for your experience? Well, I, yes, I do. I think so. Um, we, the couple, three years before that, um, uh, Judy and I were, were believers for definitely, but we were not real followers and definitely not churchgoers. We were those... Christmas and Easter churchgoers, and that was it. Um, in a situation like we were in in Vietnam, um, we felt we needed more than just ourselves and our, our fellow uh, Marines beside us to take care of us. So we, I saw uh, that, that band of brothers uh, coming together um, not just as, as Marines, but as believers of, of some higher power. Mm -hmm. And so we, we um, it, was, it was just almost a daily uh, thing that we would, we would pray, we would absolutely um, get comfort uh, from, mm -hmm. from each other, but also from the knowing that, that, uh, that God was with us. So, so really, in probably one of the most difficult times of your life uh, probably felt closest to God in some ways. Yeah, I, I would say that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So then you came back from Vietnam in 69, and then you had a period of 23 years. <laughs> this is your next yeah. chapter um, from 1969 to 1992, where you and Judy had kids and were raising a family and uh, building a career and all the rest. Uh, tell me about those years. Well, 
I should hang my head a little bit because those years we felt we were too busy for God. Um, it was just, you know, we, had, we had our own lives. We were raising children. Um, I literally had a career with AT&T and a career with the Marine Corps, uh, Judy with teaching and, and, and that. And um, we just, we, we were more absorbed in those things than um, in church. So it, uh, why that happened, I don't know. Um, I think we were not listening to to what our, our Lord was was trying to say to us, that I'm here for you. Come back any time. So. so, 23 years, and, yeah. and you told me really, you know, no real growth in your faith, um, really just not even thinking about God during those 23 years. Um, so then something big happened. What happened? Well, um, I was uh, reaching the end of my career uh, with AT&T and, and got a call one day and, and from a, a friend that I used to work with in San Francisco. And he says, Bob, uh, I'd like you to come work for me. And he was living in the Philippines. And I came home and told Judy, hey, I just I got a call from Dave. And, and uh, uh, he asked me to, to, to come and work in the Philippines. What do you think about it? Her answer was, when do we leave? <laughs> she was ready. As a Marine Corps bat, brat, she was ready to move you know, every two or three years. And here we've been in, in San Francisco, uh, or in, in East Bay here, for over 20 years in one place. And so we decided that that sounds like a great opportunity. So we, we moved, uh, moved to the Philippines. That move was, you think, would be an easy thing, but you leave what you're used to, uh, your, your, your life here, your friends here, you move to a foreign country, and all of a sudden, you don't have those close friends. You don't have anybody to, to lean on and lean back on. And we says, really, this is, this is harder than we thought. Um, we need some help. And uh, we call, called the, the local. We had heard that there was a wonderful local um, church in Manila that had both expats um, and local Filipinos as the congregant. And we, so we called uh, the, the church and, and says, you know, tell us about it. Are you open to anybody? And, and uh, the pastor there, which, which you know, um, uh, said, come on in. So we did. And immediately the, uh, the, the, the switch was turned back on. We became very active in that church. Uh, and then because of that, we brought God back into our lives. Yeah, that, that church has a great reputation. Uh, I've had three, three or four friends who have been the pastor of that 
church in Manila, the Union mm -hmm. Church. Um, and the pastor at that time, I actually had him as a preaching professor uh, <laughs> later on at Regent College when I took a mm -hmm. stu study leave up in Vancouver. Um, amazing preacher. And uh, I think a really gifted uh, expositor of Scripture. In other words, a great uh, he really exposes the scripture when he preaches mm -hmm. and teaches it. My guess is that you discovered a love for scripture during that time and, um, and maybe saw that playing a bigger role in your life, not to put words in your mouth, but is that true? You we think? did, ab yeah. absolutely. Judy uh, went to, to Bible study there and, and uh, we, we had, uh, we often went to both of the, the services, uh, contemporary and a, a, um, a modern uh, praise and worship almost right. type service and, and, and did, you know, uh, did come back and, and found that, that that was a piece that was really missing for those 20 years that you mentioned. Yeah, and, and when we um, talked, you said that Daryl Johnson, who was the pastor, mm -hmm. what he really gave to you was he opened your eyes to what God has yeah. uh, for us. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What, what well, do you mean I, by that? I think I, I, I said earlier that, that with my um, previous background and, and teachings that I was brought up with, um, knew all, all along that God loved us and God was always, you know, had his arms out wanting us, you know, to be with him. But we have to listen. And without, without that, he's not going to come and, and grab us and shake us and, and say, hey, you're not, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're not right. You're, something's wrong. And, but when you start listening, then you hear or you see the signs that, that he really wants that relationship. Yeah. And how, how have your lives changed? You, you and Judy or yourself, how do, you, how do you think your life really changed as you really came back to faith? Or maybe as we talked about when we met, maybe your faith was, uh, well, it was faith as an adult, right? Um, how, how, is that, how did that change you and how does it continue to change? Well, I, I spend as much time here at the church as I do at home, I think. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is just not that. It's, it's I want to. I want to uh, uh, do what I, have, I was taught as a young man uh, to, to, to follow uh, what Jesus has taught us to do and to help and serve others. Um, I think you asked... Uh, what a, uh, uh, one of my favorite scripture passages right. was, and it's from Hebrews, and it's in the bulletin, um, and it has to do with, with loving each other as brothers and sisters and being hospitable and being that, that, that uh, wanting to, to, to show that, that you are uh, a Christian, but that uh, wanting to help others understand and what that means to you and it could mean 
uh, I mean, to me, and then it could mean to you. So I think that's the, that's the big thing. We, we, we jumped in, came back from, from uh, Union Church in Manila and said, boy, we gotta, we gotta find a church like that here. Looked around the East Bay and, and, and uh, came, kept coming back to the church right here. Um, and once we said, yes, this is the church we think we wanna be uh, uh, members of, uh, we jumped in full feet and have kept on running. Yeah, and thanks for all you do Thank at, you. at this church. So to kind of wrap this up, uh, you and I talked about you being in a season of life where really uh, more of the runway is behind you than in front of you. <laughs> um, and I think that's an interesting time spiritually. Uh, in fact, as we're thinking about uh, spiritual formation classes for next year, one of the things, one of the classes that we're thinking about is kind of the later stage of life and, and, and really we're, we begin to face death in a very different way and our spiritual life really changes. Um, I think that'd be a really interesting class. Mm-hmm. How do you see it? How are you experiencing it? Are you experiencing different, something different or... Uh, in your relationship with God, how, is, how has this time been for you? Well, I think you, my relationship with God was, was a very passive relationship for, for uh, those 20 years. Um, and I don't think that's what we're made to do. If we're going to be called Christians, it means that you need to profess, you know, that action to... Um, your actions and to show everybody that yes you are and here's what it benefits you so um, I think both of our lives have really been enhanced and fulfilled and filled up um, with you know those activities and that love yeah and you said something to me on Thursday you said you know the more vulnerable I get the more I want his comfort. Um, and I think in this later stage of life, we feel more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Vulnerable. I mean, it's the, it's, it's the one thing we can't do anything about. Yeah. Right? Um, so. Well, I, I, yes, I, I agree. And I think uh, uh, for, for all of us, you know, we're absolutely getting older, getting uh, less healthy than that, but um, it, it, we, we can't think of, hey, please help me, please help me. You know, I, I, we're thinking of how can we help everyone else? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, uh, that's always now in how we look at, look at things. So. Absolutely. And Bob, we see that in your life and in Judy's life too. So thanks for all you do. You know, he looks like a Marine, doesn't he? <laughs> But he's a big teddy bear <laughs> with a huge heart. And um, I have to say, it was just great getting to know you a little bit through this Thank time you. and to see your heart and to really grow in my appreciation and love for you. Thank you. Yeah. So I want to pray for you and then, okay. then we'll uh, take the offering. God, we thank you so much for Bob and for Judy, um, for all that they give to this church, uh, for their big hearts, 
their gifts of hospitality, um, and the example that they are to us of uh, what it means to find life when you give your life away. So I pray you'd continue to bless them, bless Bob, uh, draw him closer and closer to you. Uh, Thank you for this time. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.